guys, I'm an RN who evacuated Feather River Hospital. My car, parts of my car melted while I was transporting three patients in my own personal vehicle. Um, nurses and other staff evacuated patients in our own cars because there were no ambulances. Part of his car melted. Great, Scott. Yeah, that is something. Stunning. Uh Please uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, if I can get my computer to wake up, Mike Baca. Mike is a reporter with uh, 1290 AM KPA Radio News Talk Station uh, in the Chico area and joins us now. Hey, uh, Mike, how are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, Given the circumstances, yeah. Uh, So, listen, what do you hear about the current state of relief for the victims of the fire, first of all? Uh, I do know that the major disaster funding uh, that was asked for by Governor Brown was approved uh, yesterday by uh, President Trump. So it appears that the federal funding will start moving in uh, in a quicker fashion, which is which is desperately needed when you're talking about 52,000 people evacuated overall and, and, and 27,000 just in the town of Paradise. Uh, what about the threat to humans and structures at this point? Right now it's burning... Uh, in the southwesterly corner uh, off the I-70, after the, the Highway 70 corridor, near the Berry Creek area. Uh, overnight, they were building containment lines, brake lines, uh, to prevent the fire from moving in that area. There's also a little bit of uh, fire activity near Forest Ranch. Uh, uh, that is kind of on the northern, uh, northeastern end of the fire. Um, there are some hot spots there. They've been building containment lines there, but they were really helped out uh, by, uh, it was a couple of days ago when the winds, they were double-edged. The winds were pushing the fire through the canyon, but it also allowed the air attack to really uh, hit the fire hard in certain spots. And so they were able to really stop its movement, but it's at 125,000 acres right now, but it was moving a lot quicker, of course. Saturday and early parts of Sunday. So many people that don't have a home to go back to at all. So many people that have a home standing, they think, but can't go back to it until, uh, you know, the authorities say it's okay. Where's everybody staying? Is every hotel on the perimeter of it's okay to be there completely jammed full or what is happening? Every hotel is jammed up. Uh, There are numerous evacuation centers. I mean, normally, uh, And we've had our share of disasters up here. Of course, the spillway at the Oroville Dam uh, is the most recent one where people had to evacuate. But there are roughly seven, and actually there's another one open up, eight evacuation centers that have opened up. Four of them are full. They're in Gridley. They're in Orland. Of course, the main arteries in in Chico, um, those are full. But they're opening up far and wide uh, within about a 30 or 40 mile radius uh, of the Paradise uh, Paradise Ridge. Mike Baca is a reporter from Newstalk 1290 KPEI uh, in in Chico. Have you gotten a chance to meet and talk with uh, survivors and and perhaps loved ones of those who who didn't? Yes, uh, the first couple of I mean the first hours after it was happening, uh, we encountered people. Our radio station is right. Um, uh, on the doorstep of the of the really the only thoroughfare that comes down off of the ridge, and people were actually pulling into our parking lot, and they basically said they had no time, uh, and it, it, the winds were blowing at 35 to 40 miles per hour through the canyon. It was creeping up the Feather River Canyon. Their homes were overlooking the canyon. 
there was only one way out. It was through the Skyway, uh, four-lane highway, and they tried to get out as quickly as possible. They said that the the time they had to get out was five to ten minutes, Ooh. and they and they and they wish they could have done it they, in two or three minutes because it, it w- was such a, a such a, a scary situation for them. That's amazing. Has anybody talked about? Whether there was supposed to be a warning system, whether something exists but didn't work, or or about traffic control, anything that could be done better than it was? You know, it's interesting question because people that live in paradise and, and those of us that live around it, we've always known that this is a possibility up there. You're talking about a, a 20, 27,000 people living on the top of a mountain where there are it's beautiful vistas, trees all around you, but only one way out. Now, they had the, ni- the reverse 911 call that went out, but you were talking about a fire that started at 640 in the morning on Thursday and was moving at a rate of one and a half football fields per minute. Ooh. And you're talking about a retirement community for the most part, a lot of elderly, a lot of retirement homes. And people just didn't have the time to get out. And then adding, adding to, the, to the trouble that we've all known is a possibility, 27,000 people and only one way out, they're all funneling down to the same road. And we all know how traffic works just in general. All it takes is yeah. one stalled car or whatever, and then and you're stuck. And what happened was a lot, on a lot of these side streets, people were hopping out of their cars for whatever reason, maybe they saw it was on fire. Maybe they, I mean, they panicked because there was fire on both sides of the road. So then instead of two lanes, you have one lane Sure. and people are having to go up on hillsides, go around them or get out of their cars themselves and run. And we're hearing a lot of stories about that where they didn't think they'd get out. They saw the trees above them to the sides of them burning and they just got out of their cars and ran. Oh and my God. Thankfully there were, there were a lot of people that just crammed people in cars. Just right. uh, you, you might might have been escaping with yourself and, and your loved one or a, a, a pet, and they, they would jam three or four people in their cars just to get them off the hill. We often see the best of humanity when the worst things happen, don't we? Uh, Mike Bach is a reporter for News Talk 1290 k Chico, uh, California area. Um, hey, Mike, uh, the, the authorities, the sheriff slash coroner, has have they has he given any indication uh how pessimistic he is about the death toll rising i know there are a lot of missing people most of those we pray just headed for the hills and and got safe and just haven't checked in yet but have you gotten any indication of how high it could rise 42 confirmed deaths right now um, the unaccounted for number is kind of fluid, but the last official number we got on that was 228. And I don't think, you know, reading the tea leaves, I, I don't see a ton of optimism. I know there are isolated cases where you people might have been uh, living alone up there. They hopped in their car. They just said, I'm going to go to the nearest family member. And that nearest family member might have been in the Bay Area. It might have been in the Central Valley. It might have been in Idaho. It might have been in Oregon. So they might have driven up there. And so what they're still trying to assess right now is how many of those people escaped are safe, but haven't notified officials. But they don't believe that number is huge. They don't believe that's a that's a big number. Wow. And so 
that the task right now is, I mean, last night, the, the operational report, uh, they have 13 different coroner's departments that have come in to the area to, to survey the damage, to sift through it. They have three anthropology departments that have come through that are looking for maybe bone fragmentations. They are bringing in four, uh, and I'm checking my notes here, uh, four temporary morgue units will be coming in. And they are also bringing in uh, cadaver dogs with a veterinary support team for those dogs because of how expansive the, the, the search area is going to be. And also the sheriff did mention they're trying to get a rapid DNA system to the scene so they can make those checks in, in a quick fashion as well. Well, I don't want to get too gruesome, but if it's hot enough to melt cars, you could just have nothing right. left of people, right? right? Or very little. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw cars that had were trying to escape, and, I, and I've gone up there the last three days, um, and I've seen cars that got in car accidents, and I don't know whether they got blocked because of the the smoke, but then the the cars actually melted together, so that so it it looks like yeah. it's. It looks like it's one car, but you can see that they crashed, and then the, the fire melted the cars together. Yeah, it's blast furnace heat, obviously. So one more question about the the, the, uh, the sheriff's department and the search and, and the rest of it. Uh, do we have any sense of uh, what percentage of the area that is likely or they're afraid is likely has victims that they've been able to look at? Is it 10% or 50 Do we have any idea? He, they have not been uh, – they have not clarified on that number, okay. but they know that the uh, – the the wide area that they're looking for in, involves the entire town of Paradise because there might have been certain streets, uh, certain areas where you might see two or three homes still standing. For the most part, though, the entire entire town was engulfed. Mike Baca of uh, News Talk 1290 KPay. Mike, we are in your debt. Uh, a beautiful job, a terrible story, but we thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Anything we can do for you, please let us know. Uh, Sacramento Bee with an article, Generous but Useless Donations Flood Wildfire Evacuation Centers. Here's what to send. Um, cash donations and gift cards very offer a lot of flexibility, so those are great. Gift cards to places like Target, Walmart can help people buy clothes, obviously any item you need, uh, which is pretty handy, but they're getting pretty stacked up with stuff that is not helpful. But, you know, know, your heart's in the right place. Right, right. Uh, Public information officer for Sutter County, which is open as shelter, says best thing is donating through Habitat for Humanity fundraiser through the Red Cross. Um, And again, he mentions gift cards. Um, They do need some specific items like new underclothes, particularly for women, backpacks, duffel bags, luggage. They have, for instance, 2,000 sticks of deodorant, which they say is way more than they need. Yeah. Or 5,000 toothbrushes. So, you know. Right, right. Everybody wants to help, but take a little time like we are to to figure out what's the best way to help. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So find a worthy organization. We have a few listed at armstrongandgetty.com or do your own research, whatever you think is best. Um, Cash helps. Oh, yeah. If it's going to the right place. Um, So Amazon finally made their decision. I think most people, it's kind of a letdown. I don't know. Partially because it's New, New York. York and D.C. Yeah, New York and D.C. Whoop-de-whoop. 
nobody's real excited about they, them getting uh, help from a big company coming in. We'll take a look at that with a business reporter uh, coming up in a moment or two. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, I I was surprised. I thought there'd be nothing but hurrahs and people clicking their heels uh, if they found out Amazon was putting their headquarters in their town. You're naive. There are a fair number of articles and and discussion I'm seeing with, oh, boo, Amazon's coming. We don't like that. So, kind of interested in how this is going to turn out. That may may, uh, indeed have a lot to do with the the places selected, but let's ask Jonathan O'Connell, business reporter for the Washington Post, Amazon deciding on their new two co-headquarters to be in New York City and suburban D.C. Nice of those cities. Get a break. Yeah. Jonathan, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, shocking that the leaks of a couple of weeks ago were actually accurate, as that's what everybody was hearing. But uh, did you, were you like us, you kind of anticipated uh, a Memphis and, uh, I don't know, a Fort Wayne or something like that? Well, you know, I did think that there was a chance that Amazon would pick a place that it could kind of grow with, um, you know, meaning a place maybe where, you know, Seattle, if you think about Seattle 15 years ago, it was a major American city, obviously, and Microsoft was already there and Starbucks, but, you know, it wasn't anywhere near being sort of like a, you know, a Bay Area North sort of that it is now. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I did think that, you know, I didn't think they'd pick a city probably as small as those two, but I didn't, I also didn't think they would pick somewhere that is already so expensive like New York and Washington are. So what do you think the thinking was, or do you know? Yeah, I mean, the number one driver for the company, they've made clear every step of the way since they sort of launched this thing is they have to find, um, not only enough people to fill, you know, the kind of there's just insane growth, but also they have to get... Uh, you know, especially these technologists, you know, computer science engineers, et cetera, in these very top jobs, they have to be able to convince those people to work for Amazon and not for Apple or Google or Facebook or one of their competitors. And they think these are two two best places to do that. So I want to understand how this is all working. So some of the complaints from people is that Amazon got Amazon got these huge tax breaks to bring their their company in, and they were getting offered this from cities all over the country, right? Because yep. People are all over each other. And so some of the complaints is, look, they're, they're, we're, we're giving tax breaks um, to these companies. Why are we helping out um, giant companies that make a lot of money? So Amazon is going to reinvest that money. Well, they're going to invest it in themselves, building their own building. Well, they'll be hiring local contractors and that sort of thing. Won't that money come back into the community in that sense? Sure. I mean, the, I mean, the estimate that Amazon has is that they're going to spend two and a half billion dollars in each of these communities. Right. I mean, it's just the numbers are they're almost hard to compare to any other company because I mean, twenty five thousand jobs is just so many multitudes more. I think it's like you know roughly like um, I don't know ten or so times what um, GE is planning to do with their corporate headquarters in Boston, for example. Wow. Just one of these things. So um, well, this, just to just to, on this insane. well, just because I've read a couple of these articles now. So to your mind, as the business reporter for the Washington Post, the idea that it's a net loss to a community because you're giving a, a tax breaks to Amazon is just not right. Right. I think that in terms of the subsidies, 
uh, I think a lot of the incentives will work out as a net positive for these jurisdictions, right? So they will probably get more tax revenue than they than they are going to be foregoing in in having Amazon come. I think some of part of it is the optics here. Like Jeff Bezos is the wealthiest person in the world. It's hard to think that you need that anybody needs to be offering him any like you know freebies. And a part of it is I think is a fairness thing also. You know, every small business out there would like to have a tax break or get their property taxes cut or, um, you know, whatever it is, everybody could, you could use a little bit of that. And why give it to a company that is this big? And this because if you already. don't, Detroit's going to or Atlanta or whoever else. That's, that's, that is the, ag- that's a very practical real world, world answer, but people are uncomfortable and should be with the government picking winners and losers. But, you know, I get it. Uh, the, I think real- the other thing is, oh, the other thing I think particularly for these two cities is that when I hear, when I look at the criticism is that, because they didn't choose like a Memphis or a Fort Wayne or uh, I can't remember some of the other smaller cities that you mentioned, um, you know, these Washington DC and New York are already so expensive and people are sort of sick of just seeing it become more and more expensive to live in those places all the time. So if they would have picked a smaller place, I'm not sure they would have gotten that type of reaction. Interesting. Jonathan O'Connell is a business reporter for the Washington Post. This is going to be a socioeconomic time bomb politically. I mean, if people are already getting priced out of the Bronx, Queens, etc., the boroughs, um, this is going to exacerbate it like crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's a lot of people to absorb, even for a giant metro area. Oh, no, I think that is top of mind right now. And you see elected officials in New York tweeting out concern, um, skepticism, partly because of the subsidy issue, but also partly because of what this will mean to New York City and particularly Queens. Um, you know, it's hard for I think the good thing here is that um, although Seattle got much more expensive while Amazon was there, they couldn't have seen it coming. And at least in New York and suburban Washington, we sort of know what happened when Amazon came to Seattle. and We can see the effects of Amazon. And if there's some planning ahead between the public officials and Amazon about, you know, how to make sure that housing prices don't completely escalate and all sorts of people are moved out of where they're living because they can't afford anymore, then maybe we can do better than they did in Seattle. Maybe Amazon can ship them to Memphis for free, the actual human beings. They're good at that. Leave them on someone's doorstep to be stolen. Yeah, Yeah, don't tempt them. Watch out. (laughs) Jonathan O'Connell of the Washington Post. Hey, Jonathan, uh, great to talk to you. Thanks very much for the time. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Well done. Thanks. Maybe his calculation, Bezos' calculation was just, I don't want to be the biggest game in town. When you're the biggest game in town, you get blamed for everything. You show Mm. up in Fort Wayne, everything, crime, traffic, taxes, no matter what happens, it's your fault. Hell, bad weather. You're in New York City where you got, you know, everything in the world, including the U.N., you you can't get blamed for everything that happens. I wonder. That'd be a pretty savvy political calculation. Hmm. Just glad to see New York and D.C. get a break and get a little attention. Right. Finally. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, California utilities may have caused the latest round of wildfires. We'll get into that. we got another Trump cabinet shakeup going on, and a little goes a long way. You are bound to like the government's new physical activity guidelines. You know, speaking of the government, it is absolutely worth mentioning that D.C. was surely selected not only for its proximity to an educated work sh- uh, workforce, but yeah. the fact that it's the seat of government and Jeff Bezos is going to worm his way as deep into the Capitol as he possibly can yeah. and get as sure. many favors as possible. New York concrete jungle, what dreams are made of? Once again, glad to see him get a break. News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Africa been 
I just coughed so hard my eyeball hurts, and part of it is because of the smoke. Right. I don't know. It's, a, mm. I'm not, it's making me cough. No wonder they're keeping kids in school some places. Which a lot of people cough. I have friends who are keeping family members away who have asthma. They're just not coming home. Really? Yeah. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, California's campfire, deadliest wildfire in the state's history. Death toll now up to 42. 200 people still unaccounted for. As of this morning, you've got thousands who've been evacuated. That town of Paradise destroyed by the fire, including homes owned by the Paradise City Council. All of our houses have been destroyed. All, all five city council members are now homeless. That's council member Melissa Schuster, who vows the town will rebuild. Meanwhile, the Woolsey fire that's spreading across Ventura and L.A. counties is now about 35% contained, but the winds are blowing again, and all that could change at any moment. That fire has burned over 96,000 acres. It's destroyed 435 buildings. Meanwhile, you know, I, let me jump in here real quickly, yeah. Marshall. I, the, uh, the the city council lady there, I have no doubt she is sincere, and she may well be right, and if that is the right thing to do, we wish her well, and we wish the, the town of Paradise well. Right. But the economics of, of building in woodland areas, uh, in California in particular, are changing for the worse and more expensive. Uh, homeowners insurance is already a bear. And, uh, you know, I say this as some of you know, uh, Judy and I have a little place way up in the woods because I want to vanish into the woods and never be heard from again. It's actually my dream. Um but uh, not that I don't love doing this because I do, but I just love the quiet of the woods. Right. I just it, it makes me feel alive. Anyway, um, it's already hard to get homeowners insurance, even if you live in a firewise community, which means you have a committee that badgers homeowners year round. Everybody conforms. Everybody has defensible space. There's no underbrush. You just you work at it. You have a fire, a, a manned fire station within five miles, etc. There are a bunch of rules and different stuff, but. Even if you conform to all that stuff, these days, the uh, usual homeowners insurance companies won't touch you. You've got to go to the secondary market, which is funkier and more expensive. And that's now. So what the economics of living in the woods will be in the next 10 years, anybody's guess. Right, right. Meanwhile, power companies, it turns out, may be responsible for starting the deadly Woolsey and campfires that have been raging away. SoCal Edison and PG&E both reporting malfunctions just before both fires started. PG&E, for example, reported a power line uh, problem near the campfire uh, before the campfire was first reported. Right around the same time as it started up, the Associated Press reporting Betsy Ann Cowley says a day before the campfire blew up, PG&E contacted her saying they needed to access her property because their power lines were sparking. Well, she was on vacation when she got the email from PG&E, so she says she's not sure what the utility found. And so far, state officials have yet to follow up on that report. But she got contacted by PG&E day before the fire started. Meanwhile, This in- will be in the courts for the rest of our lives. Meanwhile, in San Jose, firefighters are warning people about some crooks trying to solicit funds through phone campaigns. People around town have been asking about phone calls they got asking for money for a firefighter fund. Now, fire officials say San Jose, California, Firefighters Local 230, nor the San Jose Fire Department ever solicit funds over the phone. They say if people want to donate to an organization, contact the group directly. Never give to any charity that calls you, ever, under any circumstances. 
On another matter, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen is reportedly on the way out. The Washington Post says President Trump is very unhappy with immigration enforcement at the southern border. Nielsen has close ties to the White House Chief of Staff John Kelly in her firing. Could, they say, prompt more tensions between Kelly and the president? Which is either true, partially true, or not in the least true, as we have found out with various stories from the Washington Post and anonymous sources. Meanwhile, Florida's uh, former governor, Jeb Bush, is calling for the removal of Broward County's supervisor of elections, a woman he appointed that position in 2003. Bush tweeting that Brenda Snipes, quote, failed to comply with Florida law on multiple counts, undermining Floridians' confidence in our electoral process. So the man who appointed her is now calling for her removal. Man, what are... Please clap. One thing you get from this is you can just suck out loud in government jobs and keep your job. Yep. yep. You, just, you just get to stay. It's hard to get fired. What Trump said about shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue, that's kind of the slogan of much of the federal workforce. Right. New guidelines for exercising say every little bit helps. The federal government released a new set of recommendations for physical activity the first time in a decade. They say adults need around two and a half hours of moderate intensity exercise every week. Can do. This includes any activity that gets your heart rate up a bit, including brisk walking for two minutes at a time or simply raking the yard. Two and a half hours, so 120 and 30, 150 minutes. Spread out over a week. Uh Uh-huh. So it was 140, be 20 minutes a day. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that seems a little much for me. I'm very busy. <laughs> very busy. <laughs> Anything that gets your heart rate up? Yeah. So, so uh, stomping around alone in the dark, cursing my enemies? That would work. <laughs> that gets my heart rate up. That would work. Well, that's good. That would work. And you I can tra- go a good solid 10 minutes a day on that without even trying. I'm it's- on the trampoline almost yeah. every day. Right. I was going to say, Jack, you trampoline, uh, you know, quite a bit. Trampoline's exhausting. Yeah. That's what yeah. I hear. Oh, my God. Well, and you do it in a bikini, too, which is <laughs> weird. Yes, Sean? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the rest of Joe's workout regimen. The stomping in the dark, smiting my enemies, right. oh, yelling yeah. at the staff. That's a great calorie <laughs> oh, yeah. burner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, there's going to be a lot. You can't count on coming across one of your enemies, coming upon them every single day. That's why I have an elliptical. <laughs> if I find new enemies to smite, I get on the elliptical. And quick note, 49ers lost to the New York Giants 27-23. Victory snapped the Giants' five-game losing streak and gave them just their second win of the season. A couple of two-win teams. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. It's actually a pretty exciting game. It was tied in the fourth quarter. Eli Manning, maybe holding on to his job. Yeah, well, he'd look great, honestly, although the 49ers seem to have a little confusion as to who would run with what receiver. <laughs> well, it was too smoky, you couldn't see. <laughs> Repeatedly. Yeah, right. Well, the season just started, so. Right. God, I was reading about the Raiders. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they're in disarray. Falling oh, apart. yeah. Open dissension. With their $100 million coach. Oof. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Chargers are finally great after they leave San Diego, an insult that will never be forgotten or forgiven. You got La Rams... Playing the equally mighty Chiefs in Mexico City oh, really? inexplicably next week. Or later this week? Whatever. Is there, anybody in, local is there anybody in Mexico City <laughs> that wants to see an NFL game? I don't know. They're getting one even if they don't. <laughs> Here it is. Stay Unless t- they build a wall and make us pay for it. <laughs> Stay here for the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. New information from Monica Lewinsky. We'll be bringing to you as the Clinton Affair uh, debuts on A&E this Sunday, I guess. But She thought it was spinach dip, Jack. Well, she didn't notice at all. She went out to eat that night at a restaurant in the blue dress. Yes. And she didn't notice and nobody else noticed. Had a little spinach dip. Then she brought the dress out much later for Thanksgiving. Linda Tripp, her old friend's friend, said it made her look fat. That's nice. <laughs> then it's some... Something about pots and kettles or whatever, but... Then at some point they noticed there was a stain on the dress and figured out what it was. But I'll be danged. That dress makes you look fat, Monica. <laughs> That's not what the president said as I was servicing him. You are what? You heard me, jealous. Is, is that okay when you're women for one of you to say that one makes you look fat? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah I think it kind of is. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It Gals? also makes you look a little slutty because oh, of... Oh, hey, uh, hey, hey! Huh? She was seduced by the power. Feel the power. Hmm. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or text 415-295-KFTC. Do you say to your friends, that kind of makes you look chunky? 415-295-KFTC. Uh, let's see. A couple of uh, notes of increasing seriousness. I'm a show business professional. I'm going to work up from that to the serious stuff. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, thank you for, uh, a, a couple of friends slash listeners have hipped me to important developments of news stories. Uh, I noticed the staff has not done so in recent moments. Just saying. This is... Uh, getting your exercise, are you? Again, shaming this is, this is so, it's so easy and so enjoyable. Discussions continue about whether Monday night's Chiefs-Rams game will be played in Mexico City. L.A. or postponed. The NFL determined is determined to play it in Monday night in Mexico City, but the field is quote a mess and might not be safe for players. It's a significant concern. Okay, so you have that, and then uh, back to the nightmare, the tragedy of the the uh, campfire and the people of Paradise, the rest of it. Uh, a, a good buddy of mine texted something that I can relate to. Kind of, but he says, I don't think people realize how difficult it would be to drive through a fire area to get out of town. Last year, I was on I-5, and he mentions the stretch, and and that section of Interstate 5 is extremely straight and flat. And he says, I drove by a grass fire that was only on one side of the freeway and wasn't very big, but for about half a mile, the visibility was almost zero. It was one of the scariest things I've ever been through because the smoke was so thick that breathing was becoming a problem after just a minute or so, and I had no idea if I was going to hit another car or get hit. And this was on a relatively straight road with the knowledge that the fire was only on one side and likely wasn't huge. I can't imagine the panic that would hit if I had my family in the car and was driving on a narrow road with fire and smoke everywhere. Narrow and twisty and up in the mountains. Now you got the flames on both sides. I've I've seen some of these videos. We all have. It would be as bad as anything could be on Earth. Usually we say you know, we use Siri as an example. This is Syria level bad. You can see the embers hitting the windshield like they're raindrops. I mean, it, you're right. driving through an inferno. You would be thinking you might, the whole family might get cooked. I mean, just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, really, really awful to even contemplate. Um, but again, give generously and, and do what you can if you can do something uh, to help the good folks there. Uh, thank goodness the loss of life at the uh, Woolsey fire was not nearly as much. A uh, hell of a lot of property. Uh, Miley Cyrus lost her house? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, I heard one news reporter say, 
he was in a in a hood overlooking the ocean. He had just run into Pierce Brosnan, and he said um, something to the effect of, "Not all of these million dollar homes have burned." And I'm thinking, if I can get a home there for a million dollars, I'm buying it right now. Um, but he was making the point there are plenty of working class people and students and apartment dwellers and the rest in Santa Monica. We think of you know Barbara Streisand. I guess she's Malibu, isn't she? Kim and Kanye hired their own private fire department. I heard that. Stand outside with hoses. Who knew there were four higher fire departments ooching around waiting for a call? She was going to smother out the fire with her large ass. Oh, boy. That is insensitive on three different levels. I'd like to distance myself from that comment. Okay. Kanye was going to reason with the fire. (laughs) And try to talk it into voting for Trump. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we're, what's happening? I don't here? know. We're Does waiting anybody... for the show to end. Oh, hey, listen. Uh, this was very interesting. We talked uh, to a reporter yesterday about an interesting and innovative program in uh, Sacramento, California. It's actually a, a sister program of what worked pretty well in uh, Richmond, California, where you seek out the most likely young men to shoot and be shot because the coppers know who they are. And, and seek them out and mentor them and talk to them and help them with their life plans and help them not to shoot each other. And if they stick with the program a certain amount, give them some money. Um, and uh, it was posited that a murder costs society a million dollars each. And and the reporter conceded, yeah, that's an activist number and it's hard to quantify. But And we expressed um, some skepticism slash wonderment about that number. Well, we got a uh, a note from... Uh, John, who was uh, a cop for a quarter of a century. And he says, the million-dollar cost per murder is not a real number. When the activists make those calculations, they attempt to calculate all the costs associated. To get there, they figure the hourly costs and hours worked for law enforcement, EMS, fired, fire, uh, detectives, DA, review of the case, arrest, booking time, jail costs, trial, trial prep, defense attorney, all that stuff. The bottom line is all of those people are working and getting paid whether that homicide occurred or not. That's what I wondered. Right. Yeah, the murder takes time away from other cases, but I guarantee the city of Richmond didn't lay off cops, prosecutors, defense attorneys, or close down a wing in their jail because 54 people did not commit a shooting. Good point. Well well said, John. Thanks. Hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. You need to work on your diction. If you're going to be a radio announcer, you can't just say, it's unprofessional. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, huh? Hey, Positive Sean, would you lead us off? Yeah, rest in peace to a real one, Stan Lee, the iconic comic book writer. The uh, the movies, based off of his creations, have earned a combined $17.6 billion at the global hmm. box and office. And he's only worth $50 million. That's interesting. He got ripped off somewhere along the line. Michelangelo, your final thought for us? Uh, yeah, be smart with your donations. Gift cards and cash is the best. No bleacher chairs or anything like that. Right. Good idea. <laughs> uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, i got to tell you, my admiration and thanks to all the first responders. My heart going out to all of those who've been forced into shelters by the wildfire. I'm thinking of you. Jack, do you have a final thought? Joe threw out the question since Linda Tripp told Monica Lewinsky she looked fat in the blue dress. We wondered, is that a thing women do? got a number of responses yeah it's actually kind of a code that you do tell your friends if they don't look good in something but you'd be more likely to say i don't love that on you than saying you look fat now but it's something right. girls owe to each other right yeah good for you yeah, i like it uh my final Fat guys just point and laugh <laughs> and that's how we know and that's I, how we know i have two final thoughts which is uh, greedy of me 
Please run, Hillary. Please run. Oh, God, please run. Uh, my second final thought is uh, a lot of people up and down the state of uh, California are having the hardest times of their lives. Uh, keep that in mind and, and do what you can um, in whatever way you can. And we will do the same. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for the clicks we talked about, the charity links. Uh, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you have a comment, if you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Y'all are great at that. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, we're going to stay on top of all these stories. And uh, I'm looking forward to more Monica Lewinsky details oh, coming up. Oh, boy. Uh, see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Excelsior! Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.